You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Match either we win or we learn, and today we learn. Abdacha, Austin, shot at Isabel. It's in field to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Bella. Onside, 1 0. Blue fast shot. Oh my word. It's unbelievable. He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markson. I am the host of the show. No matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope that no matter what else you are doing, whether you are back to work, whether you are constantly working, whether you were not working, whether you're just at home or whatever it is that you're enjoying yourself. Uh, and once again, thanks for making the show part of your day. I'm quite excited this week um, for more interviews, for more discussions about the season that we just had and a tiny step forward, a, a slight look ahead as to what will come with this show. Uh, we do have an announcement that you will learn about uh, a slight uh, addition to the show and uh, something that I'm very, very excited about, very honored and humbled Uh, to be a part of. But we'll get to all of that. I won't take too much of your time right here because the episode is quite lengthy. Just to give you an idea of who you will hear from this week, we have Kevin McGee, who is a Saints FC fan living in Southampton, originally from Scotland. We have Dave Champ, who now lives in Ohio, but is from Southampton. We have Dave Lee, who lives in Bakersfield, California, which is, uh, he's one of the closest Saints fans to me. And we have Will Daw, who is the creator of Saints Archive, and uh, somebody who I was uh, glad to finally get on the show. So uh, let's jump into the episode. Once again, thanks for being here. I hope that you enjoy it. And uh, as always, let us know what you think, and I'll talk to you on the other side. So I'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Kevin McGee. Kevin, you are one of the patrons of the show and uh, always fun to talk to you. So welcome back to the show, and, and how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. The dog is barking right on cue. This is perfect. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it joined me quite late on uh, on a Tuesday. So, uh, you know, we're still waiting. We're, we're up waiting for the Salisu announcement. I don't think it's coming today, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, or the or the, the Hoiberg one the other way. The other way. Absolutely. Either money in the bank or a new defender. We'll take either either one at this point. Uh, so I, I guess looking back on the season that we just had, I, what are some of the moments that, that stood out to you that you'll, you'll have trouble maybe getting out of your head for, for good or, or bad reasons? Well, I mean, you can't ignore the, the virus, can you? The, no football for so long <laughs> <laughs> and, and wondering if it was, there was, there was that moment when you wondered if they were going to scrap it all together and, and, Liverpool wouldn't get their title. <laughs> and, um, that never seemed an option, but, but I mean, that was, we, we went, the last game we went to was a Newcastle game 
and there was a number of people around talking about the virus at that point, but nobody was nobody was was talking about is, it, is this going to be you know the end of football right for for months. Um, I I remember. I mean, I, I even had we. I think I've said it a thousand times, but I had tickets to the to the the to go watch the Watford game in Chicago uh, with a group of people. And, you know, I felt really bad because I bought my ticket like late because the price is just tanked because of the coronavirus and all that stuff. And I mean, we refinanced our house at the same time. It just seemed like a good thing to do because interest rates were cheap. And it was just like, here I am taking advantage of all this stuff. And then all the, the world just ground to a halt, you know? And, and then it was like, not even, not only are we not going to go see the game, but there isn't even going to be a game. And, and then for, it seemed like forever where I was home with all this time off and yet I still couldn't watch. There was no, there was nothing to watch. There was no football to watch. And that was a, it was a really weird kind of time. And, and you know, not having football is not the worst thing in the world, but it was pretty bad there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just the, the, the not knowing of, so I remember being at work and there was, I think it was listening to something and there was a build up to Norwich. Is that the game that was going to be next? And then all of a sudden it all sort of broke and, um, yeah. and mm-hmm. I think they'd given like two months of that. For, for. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, just the, the uncertainty around, around all of it was just the, the one. And you're right. It was the Norwich game that was, that was called off. So I think the Watford game did go ahead, but, I just watch it at home, like like normal. But I mean, what about what about what about players or like on field moments that that stood out to you this season? Because I think, I mean, I imagine Danny Ings gets gets a mention just in terms of the season he had. But maybe anybody else that you think of that that had a particularly good good year? Well, yeah, I mean, Danny Ings has been incredible. I mean, I I didn't know if it's going to be that good. I didn't know. I wasn't one of the people that were questioning, or oh, should we be spending twenty million pounds on this player? But there's no way I thought he was going to be as good a defender as he is a striker and yeah. running all over the place. Yeah, he's he's been incredible. And you can talk about quite a few players. Jack Stevens, his, his turnaround has been incredible. It's, do you remember a point last? It seems like last season where nobody wanted him anywhere near the team. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he's, he's been incredible. Him and, and, and Bednarek have been excellent together. Shea Adams has, has been excellent. Again, a, a striker who hasn't been scoring goals, but at, at no point did anyone think we should get rid of him. or we should. Everyone right. could see that he was offering, you know, stuff to the team. And they all kind of knew it would come. And everyone kept on saying, once he gets that one goal, it, it, it will all happen for him. And it seems to have done that. It's worth about three, about four. Yeah, yeah four and six. Um, it's been a bit disappointing, Buffal and Gianepo for me, in terms of sort of injuries. Um, I thought the, the competition for Redmond would be would be really good, and they are. They have been ex- quite exciting when they've come on, but too many injuries. The injuries to those two uh, w- were disappointing, and it and 
when you look at if everybody's fit, the depth we have at those kind of, um, you know, the wide kind of forward positions or the whatever the tens are, whatever you want to call them, you know, you like the options that we have there. And it's quite strong. Yeah. And, you know, I was quite happy to see Armstrong kind of force his way in there because he kind of melds the two, you know, he, he, he works really hard. And I, I, I think I appreciate that a lot about him. He's not as, he's not as flashy as Redmond, you know, he doesn't, uh, you don't expect him just to beat a player off the dribble, but uh, he brings a lot to the team. And I think that I, I, I've enjoyed watching him and I was, you know, like I said, a little upset to want to see him get injured um, to end the year, but you just hope that we can keep those guys fit and, and they can continue to come in and, and change the game and have an impact. And I think that, I think that's important for us going forward just as much as, as Ings and, and everybody else up front. Yeah. I think Armstrong is another one that's, that's changed from the start of the season to now where at the beginning he, he wasn't getting a regular start and, and now you wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want the team without him. Yeah. Um, which is excellent for me because, as you know, I'm, I think he's I think he's brilliant. Yeah. But, well, if nobody can tell, you're Scottish. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I want Armstrong fit for for some up and coming Scotland games that are happening. Yeah, um, I am going to say on on air now that Luke Millard, one of the other patrons who everybody just heard from, tried to get me to do your name in a Scottish accent when I announced, and I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, oh, come on. That's maybe, maybe, you know, maybe with the power of editing, it'll, it'll happen, but I I can't, I can't see it happening. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, looking back on, on maybe a match this season that really stood out to you. I mean, I have no problem saying that we lost nine, nothing to Lester. Um, It happened and, and, and so be it. But a lot of people like to point out us defeating Portsmouth uh, in the manner that we did, or maybe the, you know, the Leicester city match, uh, where we came back and, and where we beat them in, on the return leg or whatever you want to call it. Um, any particular match that you is going to stand out to you in your mind when you look back at the season? Yeah, yeah there, there was a few, but I think one of the ones was, was Chelsea away. But that performance was just incredible. Um, was, I, I went to, I went to Arsenal away the 2-2 draw this season and how we lost that game I don't know we were outstanding and the Chelsea game was similar um, but, but with, a, with a win yeah and um, that one for me that and then it's sort of another few really good results after that followed um, the away the away record this season has been incredible. And, and you have, I mean, you, you go to a lot of home games, right? Do you, you get yeah. to, do you get to travel to a lot of, the, were you at any of the away victories this, this season? Um, no, not a single one. <laughs> 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 I only went to two away games this, this year and it was Arsenal and Tottenham. Okay. Uh, the, the Tottenham cup game. Okay. Which again, both of those games, they should have, they should have won. Right, right. Do you think? I mean, I, I tend to think that if we, I was really disappointed we lost to Arsenal when we came back from the the coronavirus pandemic because it's mm-hmm. it's a it's kind of a big deal in my close circle of friends and and uh, family as well. Um, so that's one I I didn't want to happen. But 
you know, I, I'd be happy with us in the form that we're in and the manner that we're going about things lining up against anybody at this point and say like, let's, let's have it and let's see how it goes. And that's not something that I would have said in September, October, or even, even in, in November and December for the most part. Yeah. It just tells you full of excitement for next season. You didn't really want this season to, to end. Fortunately, it's quite a short, yeah. short gap. Hopefully, you know, we don't lose any of the momentum. Um, you know, I mean, we can, we, we can beat anyone on our day. I think we've always been able to do that but at the moment, but it just looks good. It looks so good. The team looks good. It, I was, did you hear many people talking about how we were going to, the high press was going to be too tough for us because the players wouldn't have been as fit coming back after the lockdown? Yeah. We've been unbelievably fit. Yeah. Fitness has amazed me. Um, and I think one one thing that, that shows that is, you know, we didn't have a bunch of people pulling muscles and things like that, which w- is what you would expect doing that much running. And we didn't have players cramping up and doing those things at the end of games. And we were running a ton, you know, and putting in a lot of effort. And you saw kind of injuries across the board for a lot of teams. I think by the time we got to Sheffield on the last day of the season, they were missing, you know, seems like four or five different people. And yeah. we just didn't have that issue. And I think Ralph and, and the entire coaching staff and the players for what they were able to do over the lockdown and keep themselves fit is just, they, they deserve an, an, an immense amount of credit um, for that. And I think that's, that really probably did give us an advantage that you have the same game plan and the same kind of approach and you just keep getting to have the same guys keep refining those things instead of trying to teach somebody new all the time. I just hope that the, the guys lower down the pecking order maybe also got a little bit of it. We saw a little bit of it in Brighton, but it wasn't quite. wasn't quite. It wasn't quite the same. Thinking of that, that that first the first half against Brighton was was poor. <laughs> it, it, it felt it felt sort of Pellegrino type. Yeah. But you know, um, fortunately, I think Ralph seems to be quite good at giving the players a kick at half time. Yeah. He he seems like game. a kind of guy like I, I would I would like to have him as a coach. I wouldn't want to make him mad. And like, but I tend to be okay with that kind of stuff. Like not making people mad is I'm good at that for the most part. Um, I would say like between now and next season, we talked about momentum carrying over. Hey, what do you think the team needs to do between now and then? Is there, I mean, obviously we have a lot of players who probably need to go, but I mean, are there areas you think that we need to address or maybe it's keep KWP, get him in or, or what do you think kind of needs to happen there to, to make sure we continue to progress? Yeah. So I think KWP is, is important. Um, hopefully he's enjoyed being here and he, he would like to play here. He might, I don't know what, what his situation is. Um, yeah, that's important. And I, I think for the first time, I'm, I'm quite settled with the team. If we didn't sign another player, I don't think I would be unhappy. Really? We're, we sort of think that this, this defender is about to come in. Yeah. Um, is is good. Best is up. I'm not sold on him, despite his rocket shot against Brighton. Yeah. Um, he's he's not. I don't think he's a very good defender. Um. Apart from that, I think we've got enough up front. I think we've got enough in midfield. I was very impressed with Vulcans. Mm-hmm. Um, Smallbone looked decent. 
a little bit of strengthening because you know we want to be we want to be at least top of that middle pile. Yeah. You know, I think most of us would like European football. Yeah. That's enough. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, I, I I think. I think the the end of this season feels a lot different than the end of previous seasons and where I think most of us were calling for the last couple of years to just clear out everybody and start over almost, you know, and, and that you really didn't have people to build around, but like guys like Armstrong and Stevens have proven themselves this season that they can be, you know, big, important pieces of the, of the puzzle. Um, you know, I think Redmond had an okay year. I think he had flashes or you could see just how good he was, but he wasn't, as good as he was last season. So I, I like to see him come back a little bit. Um, but yeah, you, you look around and, you know, maybe you know, hopefully Vokens gets a little bit more time next year, but yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. Like a couple of additions here and there would be fine, but we don't need the, the complete squad overhaul. I don't think that we were kind of worried about last season, I think. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, but you, I mean, you, you always want to feel like your club is being improved. I think the, the, the improvement from just the beginning of this season to the end of it is going to carry on in the same vein when it all starts again. Yeah, I think that's the big hope is it just keep just keep going and and we'll be all right. And um, I'm not I, I haven't convinced myself that I don't, I don't think we're going to start. You know, I don't think we'll continue this form kind of all the way through next season, but. Um, Anything I mean, close who, to it? Who, would be all right. I don't know who, who we would who we would buy. We don't need a, a striker, right? Hoiberg is yeah, it's going to leave a gap. But then you've got Smallbone and Romeo is, is came in and done done well. Mm-hmm. I, I suppose if we had a couple of defensive injuries, we might be in a bit of bother. Um, or maybe in the midfield. Yeah, you know, I think. We do need to get rid of some of the loans there. Yeah. Because there's too many of them and they've kind of been around for a few years. Yeah, you and look at guys like Elianusi and, and Carrillo yeah. and Lamita yeah. and you think, yeah, either they, something something has to happen. Either they need to, to, to come back and, and get a spot in our team or, or probably move on because just having them on loan, I think only hampers our abilities. Because if, if you're going to go out and make a signing at this point, it's not going to be a guy that's going to sit behind JWP and Romeu and Smallbone who can play there. Like you don't want to sign a fourth choice central no. midfielder. You know, that's not what you want to do. So if we're going to go out and make it that signing, that signing is going to cost, you know, 20, 25 yeah. million. Exactly. And we don't have that be money because we got these guys. It's got to be better than what you've already, what you've already got. Yeah. Yeah. Considering who's, Who's going to want to come to a club where the fourth choice? Right. I mean, if that's but, the case, we just get Harrison Reed back and say, "Have at it," you know. Yeah, I mean, but he's one of the ones that could come back and and possibly you know slot in. Because I don't know how. I mean, we've got a couple of players that that maybe don't have that long left. Yeah. Being long and Romeo, um, maybe. Yeah, you you wonder how Romeo would do. Uh, holding up over a full season at this point now that it's, you know, cause there were a couple of matches where he had to be pulled off late. Uh, he was getting subbed off, which I don't think under Puel he was doing that. I think he was mostly in there other than if he was pulled off because he had a, a yellow card, which was often, um, 
Yeah, I mean, but anything else on the season that you think like uh, you know you, you would you would want to point out before we before we call it? I suppose a lot of people were wondering about the the, the home record, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not been good. And had we had a mid-range Premier League home record, then then it might have been a competing for Europe. So I guess that's the aim for next season is to is to make that home record better. Yeah. I think they said second worst home record in the league behind Norwich. Yeah. But yeah. Third third best away away record. So it's like, you know, can we find the middle ground there? <laughs> Probably, because you, can, you can't expect them to, to keep doing that away from home. You know, I don't know how many times Southampton will have, will have won half of their away games. Yeah. In a season. Probably not very often. No. No, and you don't expect that to continue, right? Like that's just that's um, you just think that's a that's almost impossible to do. Yeah, most away games you think a point now. Yeah, man, it's a, it was a it was nice to be able to to tune in and uh, when 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 we were away this season and just go watch well watch us press, you know, just watch us make life difficult. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Okay. And I think for me that's something like the team was fun to watch this season, which it hasn't been for a couple of years now. So pretty happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. I guess uh, aside from that, Kevin, um, I just want to say thank you for doing this and also for being a, a member of the Patreon com- community and supporting the show. I do appreciate it. Um, well, and thank you for, for keeping going with the show. It's my pleasure. All, I thought you were mad going through all of last summer, you know, just not taking a break. And then you kept on going through the, you know, there's no football as well and entertaining us. And- you know, it was, uh, it was, uh, I'll be honest. It was probably as much for me as it was for you. Like I needed something to do because I was going to go crazy. Yeah. Um, and if I'm sitting here reading about the club and my wife's like, what are you doing? And I'm sitting here reading about the club, I might as well talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't always seem to be something to talk about. Yeah. I'd say maybe, maybe one or two weeks where I was like, oh, like, I don't know. But for the most part, there's always, there's something there, you know, and it's, and you don't have to dig into the, you know, we're going to sign Adam Lalana back again, rumors, because that's, <laughs> that's not always. Uh, that's not believable, really. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad, like we said earlier. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Well, I I look forward to continuing to keep it going, and luckily the break won't be quite as long this time before preseason's back, and hopefully we have uh, some new. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll get the new signing in to to talk about hopefully, and hopefully we'll see how he kind of slots in next to either Stevens or Bednarak or whoever it is. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know an awful lot about this. Yeah, no, me me neither. Other than other than what I read and 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 Zach from last week said, so that's uh that's all I got. And I guess now we'll just wait and see. Well, that's what happens in between the seasons. You always have to sort of learn the names of the new players and um, and then wait for the guys from the in that number show to to figure out a chant. You know, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> and then hopefully we'll actually win sports in football. Yeah. All right, man. We'll, we'll talk to you soon, though, and I uh, appreciate this, and um, thank you. Yeah, thank you. We'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Dave Champ. You can find him on Instagram. The link is in the show notes. Um, Dave, welcome back to the show. It's been a pleasure to, uh, to catch up with you over the past couple of minutes. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Yeah, we're talking about uh, how much we enjoy the weather. I was just talking to somebody in England earlier, and they said it's super hot and muggy. Um, yeah. And I guess that's just what, what summer is like there. 
Um, I'm enjoying the weather today. I hope I hope you are too. I know you had to work, but uh, hopefully it's it's treating you all right. Oh yeah, it's it's real nice to it's nice to be um, off of work and uh, just sitting and relaxing in the air conditioning. I think really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so let's talk uh, about the season a little bit. We'll start with just uh, like a standout moment. Like if somebody asks you, you know, tell me about Saints during the 2019-2020 season. What's the first thing you're going to tell them? I think it's. It's been a season of recovery and, and finding where we fit together as a team. Really. It, we started off pretty much the way we always start off a season, not really getting it together too well. We had a couple of like surprising losses, and I think everybody thought, well, here we go again. It's going to be a, a, another season of struggling. Mm-hmm. And then I think when, um, you know, when we had that really bad defeat, we got hammered 9-0. I think everything needed to be drawn back in again, and we had to go back to basics and find out what we really wanted to do and how we were going to come together as a team. So I think up until then, we were struggling a little bit. Yeah, I think uh, that, that moment's definitely going to stand out. I think we'll be reminded of it um, Yeah, over and over again. Um, yeah. it's, it's just one of those things. That at least, I would say, with the school year getting canceled halfway through, I didn't have to hear about it for long from the kids. Um, right. We had enough breaks after that and everything else. So uh, it's I all right. remember when, um, when we had the rematch, when they um, very, very um, abruptly started playing back the highlights as the players were warming up. Uh-huh. Uh, I was thinking, well, that's, that's maybe not a good thing to do from the point of view of, you know, putting the other team, you know, too far down because I think, Saints took a lot of um, encouragement from being reminded of that and, and, and knowing it in their minds that they weren't anywhere near going to play like that again. Yeah. Well, it's kind of one of those things too. Like, you know, just if you're that much better than we are, then just go prove it again. Go beat us, go beat us nine nil again. You don't need to show the, the highlights, right. you know, like, I think that's, right. um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, uh, I try not to rub things in people's faces like that. Cause I always fear it's going to come back and bite you. And it did, which I thought was, Right. It was good. Um, what about what about players? I mean, obviously, Danny Ings has scored just a, a ton of goals this season. Um, is right. he definitely deserves a, a some some mention in terms of standing out? But was there anybody else for you that stood out uh, in their performance this season? I I like to mention Stuart Armstrong because you know having watched him several times, not really knowing too much about him when I first saw him, I, I just think it's just. Really cool how he's dug in and, and done really, really well as well. It's nice to be up with Danny Ings. And um, I, I think he, he deserves definitely a, a very big mention. I'm, I'm kind of impressed by him on how solid he is and his work rate and everything. Yeah, And, of course, Shay Adams as well. Shay Adams, uh, we talked before about Shay Adams um, being a firework that, you know, failed to go off. You know, when you when you like him, and you know, you you walk back, and then suddenly nothing happens. And you think, oh, geez. you know, I've been ripped off here. Um, <laughs> this isn't a this isn't a good firework. And then suddenly, you know, in the Man City game, he scores the winner, and, and then the next few games, he he comes, you know, into his own again, and he he scores some more goals. And I, I I'm just excited to see what he does. Um, when everything starts up again in September. Yeah. I think that's awesome that he, 
he's found where he wants to be and he's, he's got that goal winning mentality going back again. Awesome. Yeah, I think, I think he's going to be really good for us going forward. It's nice to have some, some stability in, in the starting lineup and, and see somebody really attach themselves to that role. And, you know, maybe he's helped a little bit by uh, Janapo's suspensions and injuries and Buffalo injuries, but I think he's definitely made that spot his and it's going to be tough to, to kind of dislodge him, I think, if he keeps playing the way he's playing. So, right, uh, I think it's confidence and momentum. And you can, you can say that the momentum with Southampton as a whole is, is built up quite nicely in the second half of the season, really, especially after we came back from, um, you know, all the COVID business. Um, you know, the momentum is really, really um, built up. And, you know, that culminated in... Um, Ralph getting the um, manager of the month for July, yeah, which is you know very well deserved because he really has kept the team together. I don't think it's easy for any manager over the uh, the shutdown to uh, keep the momentum for the teams going. I mean, we saw it on the first few games after you know we came back. Teams were you know wandering around, not really knowing you know how things were going to go down. Really, yeah. It was the first, almost the first team to react positively to having the break and the rest that we're going to do well. You know, I, I was a little bit worried given that you know watching the Bundesliga a little bit. I didn't watch it a ton, but it seemed like the teams who were super reliant on their fitness, which Saints are, and their pressing, which Saints are, struggled yeah. the most at, with the return of football. And I was really worried that that was going to spell a disaster for us. Um, yeah, but I was totally yeah. wrong, and I'm and I'm happy with that because. Whatever Ralph did coming out of that break, getting the guys fit, getting everybody, keeping everybody kind of in sync with what he needed them to do, um, yeah. we were just lights out. And, uh, you know, I'd say other than the, the Arsenal game and then and a little bit in the Brighton game with the heavily changed lineup, we didn't look uh, super sharp, but um, right. it, it eventually works out. So I, I would say what, I guess, what, what was the biggest surprise of this season, you know, it, was I mean obviously the nine nil was a shock, but I, I would like yeah. to say it's something other than that. But what what really surprised you this season from whether it's a player or a match or you know Ralph or whatever whatever it was? Um, I I think for me the recent game against Man City, um, particularly after they came off uh, beating Liverpool, uh-huh. and I think Liverpool suffered on that game from you know being the newly crowned champions. And, and it, it always seems to be the kiss of death when the newly crowned champions play the very next game after they've been told that they've won the trophy. They they almost relax a little bit or maybe not play their top players and then, then that kind of like, you know, results in a loss. And then Saints coming against Man City after they had that confidence and I was like almost watching it, you know, behind hands over my face and I was like, oh no, any minute now they're going to, kick in and they're going to lose by a lot but they didn't <laughs> and then you know Shea Adams came up and he stepped up and he scored the goal and I think that was the biggest surprise that I can think of yeah no that, that was they, definitely they turned around there it was definitely one of those matches where I wasn't expecting to get anything and then it was just you know the that that was a tense match I mean there was no yeah. There was no, I wouldn't even say that one was enjoyable until the very end, but uh, that, that's right. It was tense, and I, me- I remember, I, I know what you mean. I was, I was sitting there on a tense watching it, thinking, yeah, any minute now they're going to lose it. They're just going to lose it, and it's just going to slip away. Maybe not right now, but very, very much at, at the end. Yeah. And then 
Saints almost did a, a flip on it. When they played um, Manchester United, they did a flip on United because United are classically, over the years, known for winning it right at the bitter end. Mm-hmm. And Saints last season, the previous season, lost a lot of games in extra time. And I was thinking in the Manchester United game, oh, man, they're going to lose this. They're going to lose this right at the, at the last minute, you know, 90 plus six or 90 plus seven. But they end up, you know, winning it and, yeah. and just getting it, you know, in, in terms of, you know, being on top of the game. And it was just like, whoa, yeah, this is pretty good. Yeah. You know, they, they've got the, the staying power to do that to a team like Manchester United or Manchester City then that is really, really a good omen for the next season when they start playing, you know, other teams as well. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I mean, is there anything else you'd like to say about about the season before we wrap this part up? Uh, just that I'm excited for the next season. I think really with new teams coming up from uh, the championship, um, Leeds, West Brom and Fulham. Well, Fulham we know about. Yeah. Uh, West Brom I haven't seen for a while. They, um, have, a, they have a good old Charlie Austin. Oh, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. You know, a little bit of sour grapes there, I should imagine. Hey man, I mean, I, I hope that fans are in the stadium by the time that he gets back. If he is, right. if he's on the team, you know, if they don't get rid of him or something over the, over those summers, I yeah, hope fans I are in the stadium for that. Did he, did he do very well for West Brom? I don't know. I think he scored a couple of goals, but I don't, I don't know. I didn't follow them at all. I, I have a friend, Andy, who, who, um, is a big West Brom fan. So I'll have to, have to get in touch with them. We've had a year off of communication yeah. mostly because of the, uh, the fact that they were in the championship, but uh, I'll, I'll yeah. have to get in touch with him on Twitter and see, uh, get him on the show and see, give us a briefing on how, on what we're looking at when they come up. All teams that have always been in the premiership up until recently. Yeah. Uh, Leeds were always, uh, I remember in the early seventies, Leeds were always a very big team yeah. in the top flight. And then they suddenly lost their way a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, some great players that played for Leeds. Yeah. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Some fantastic FA Cup finals involving Leeds. I think they, uh, the one, yeah, there was one where they lost to, I think, to Sunderland at one point, which uh, right. wasn't supposed to happen. But it was like a local derby, that one. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. All right. Well, it, yeah. this, this has been a pleasure, Dave. I, it, it's good to catch up a little bit. And uh, it, yeah. just thanks for, thanks for doing this. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Pleasure talking with you as well. We'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Dave Lee. You can find him on Twitter at AO Dave Lee. He's also on Instagram and links to that are in the show notes as well as the link to a podcast, which Dave, I have to, to I didn't tell you I was going to talk about this, but um, am I right in saying your 1000th episode is, is coming this week or is it, was it released last week? I forget. Our 500th episode I, came out uh, last week. So, I mean, I'm shooting for a thousand. It'll only take me another 10 years to get there. But yeah, we had a episode 500 of the technology podcast my dad and I produced together. So yeah, cool little milestone there. Yeah, cool little milestone until the guy asking you the question has the wrong number written down. Um, no, it's all good. Congratulations, man. Like that's, yeah, that's, that's a lot of episodes. Yeah, yeah I'm, uh, you got, you, you'll be there soon enough, I think. I mean, my, my dad and I, we started 13 years ago. And so that's about 40 episodes a year. So I know you're, you're, you're right up there with that number. But yeah, it's, it's been fun. It was just started as just a fun little thing for... Uh, my father, my brother, and me to get together and start talking about a little tech, and it's turned into uh, a quite a little history and story of of podcasting. Yeah, and and before podcasts were cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let's let's talk a little bit about about Saints season. Um, 
if you if you if you're okay with that um obviously a lot of moments to talk about both on and off the pitch but if, if you were going to tell somebody about this season um just kind of what what's the first thing that you would say uh to someone if they asked you about this season for saints well i think it's sort of been the same sort of story that i've told people the last two or three years and it's just roller coaster and that's exactly what the season has been where we had a abysmal start to the season, we had a decent middle part and an excellent finishing. And if that is anything, that's that's a Southampton supporter. You know, that's exactly how the seasons tend to go. Whether it's we're carouseling through managers, whether that's carouseling through transfer um, players that either work or don't work, or signings that work or don't work. But I think this year you you, you can kind of use that same um, you know synonym to kind of talk about where the season's gone. I mean. From from the starts where we were just struggling to find any sort of identity, and then as we, I think one of the defining moments for me was the 2-0 Chelsea win, and just seeing how that team adapted and changed from that other match that a lot of people always tend to bring up, which is a defining moment for the club. Sure. But at the same time, I think we learned we even through the roller coaster of emotions as a fan and roller coaster of the season and in the table. I think we finally adapted and learned the style of play that Ralph's looking for. We learned how to create havoc and create turnovers um, on the uh, defensive side. And I think ultimately one of the biggest things I like to talk about when people ask me about Southampton is that I feel like we've turned into a bit of an opportunistic club, right? And we are, we're creating those turnovers. We're scoring goals when the opponents make mistakes and we are creating um, a lot of those new opportunities that I don't think previous clubs under previous managers and previous players would have been able to do. So I think it, in, in a nutshell, I think it's another roller coaster season. But I think ultimately we, we proved to be quite opti- uh, opportunistic throughout the campaign. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, it's a, it's a good way to put it because there were, there were points in the season where you, you wouldn't see us getting goals in certain matches that we, and we found ways to do it. Whereas I think in previous seasons, um, we would have found ways to miss those chances and then give them away at the other end. And it was nice to see it kind of turn around. Um, well, what about player-wise? Obviously, Danny Ings has scored a ton of goals and, and things like that, but um, he obviously deserves some recognition and, and uh, hopefully he wins the the player of the month. Uh, I know the voting is up for that. Um, but, I mean, what other players in the squad, I, I guess, stood out to you this season? Yeah, absolutely. The Ings is the standout, right? He scored 43% of our goals in, in the league this year. That is a incredible talent and incredible uh, percentage and tally for him to, to make. And congrats to him, of course, all the way around. I think when you look at the, the club in general, right? And I think outside of Ings, you can look at what obviously James Ward-Prowse was able to do this year, playing, logging every minute within the, within the campaign. Um, I also like the contributions that Armstrong finally solidified his spot within the starting rotation and just seeing the connection he was able to make with Ings up top and playing that central midfield role, you know, connecting the uh, the, the right backs, whether that was uh, Valerie or um, uh, Walker Peters there. So I really like what Armstrong, I think, is really coming to his own. I think aside from a few little knocks he got around the year, mm-hmm. I think we would have seen a lot more from him. It was good to see him get on the score sheet. Um, I do like sort of a sort of an underrated player, I think, for the most part this year that I want to give some recognition to is Ryan Bertrand. I know he's always been sort of a, a sore spot. You know, a lot of supporters like him. A lot of people don't. But at the same time, I look at even perhaps his performances throughout the year. Maybe he doesn't show the energy and the passion that we really want. 
But I go back to that that Man City game when we won 1-0 and just his defensive lockdown that he did against uh, Riyad Mahrez and Kevin De Bruyne when he came into the match. And there was very little coming from that left side. And I think that was uh, proven that Bertrand is the player that we need in that spot. It's someone that week in and week out we go to. It's never a question that he's there. And I don't think Ralph ever questions his abilities as a defensive player or a player going forward. So um, I think aside from those two players, those three players, I thought it was overall a really good solid team performance this year, which um, obviously you have the standout of Ings being the, the showcase talent of this year. But I think just overall, I was very pleased with how the defense worked in line with the midfield, how the midfield progressed through through the front, uh, front line. And it was just, just overall, collectively, it was great to see uh, an, an amazing team effort and team collective this year. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we're about uh, maybe nine goals better with Bertrand in the lineup than uh, without in terms of goal difference. But that's probably a really bad joke. And that number's probably not true. But um, yeah, <laughs> anyway, um, I, looking forward a little bit, I mean, obviously, Salisu, there's there's talk of him, you know, just we're just waiting for him to be announced. And I think we, we even said that last week. We're just going to continue to wait because Southampton will do it when they're when they're damn good and ready. But um, I guess what else do you think we need in the transfer window in terms of, of making sure this this momentum kind of continues going forward? Yeah, I think you're you're exactly right, Matt. When you say momentum, is because that's that's what we need to have. We need to have players that are fits Ralph's mentality, both in style of play and um, just just with the physical characteristics and their mental capacity to to really understand the system in which he plays. And that's always difficult, right? We we've seen historically brought in bringing in players that just have not fit a mold or were just simply a patch job. And I do think, obviously, with the signing uh, potential signing of Salisu. That, that definitely fills a void. I mean, for one, I love the combination of Benarak and Stevens. I think they're a, they're a fantastic combination. It would be nice to be able to give them that break without having uh, a little bit of heartburn every time you see a starting 11 and see who that other center back that, that's going to be paired. Um, I definitely think that is a, a place of improvement. I really think, of course, we all know the defensive midfield position is sort of up for grabs, right? We know that uh, Hoiberg is out that Romeu can fill that void. Is he a liability to some extent? I've always been a big fan of him. I think he has the ability to not only bring that physical nature that I think um, is sort of a dying breed with that defensive midfielder position within the sport of football in general, Mm -hmm. but I do think we need to solidify that position long-term because we know Romeu has has an easy ability of picking up several yellow cards and some potential reds. Kind of the position he plays kind of requires uh, a lot of that but I think that's definitely a position that we need to look forward to. And whether that's uh, someone in Germany, whether that's somebody uh, within the league already, or it's somebody within the academy, you know, there's, I, I think that's definitely a position we need to look at. Yeah. Um, other, other than that, I mean, I, I've always been confident with our, 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 our midfield and our striker positions. I think we are pretty well solidified within that. Obviously, if we have some questions with Dufal moving forward, uh, whether he's going to play into it, we may need to get a replacement or just another backup, whether that's Academy or, or a, a low dollar signing to kind of fill that void in the event that he is, is not able to continue, whether it's um, personality wise, whether that's, uh, you know, physique wise, whatever it is, but that, that could be a position of concern moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I saw something from Adam Blackmore this morning that said, uh, Winston McKinney, not, not happening. Um, so maybe that means your other team gets to keep him for a while. Um, 
Although I would love to see him in, in the, in the red and white, not even stripes in the sash, I guess next season, but uh, we'll, we'll have yeah. to see if that happens. Yeah. That's, that's always, I, the transfer rumors, right? They, they, they run rampant this time of year and you never quite know if there's any legitimacy behind them. And I just, as a, a Schalke supporter, I do know the ups and downs and pros and cons of having a Weston McKinney on your team. Um, I won't go into that because as you said, it's probably not, uh, probably not a reality, but yeah. yeah, I mean, there's, there's certain things that Ralph looks for, right? in players. And, uh, if, if knowing that he's going to be here for four years, I'm confident in signing, he's going to make, that's going to improve the team. So I think for me, center back, obviously that the club may be getting their defensive midfielder and someone potential, um, on, on the left side of the offense to kind of fill some voids if, if needed. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I guess last thing before we, before I give you the chance to kind of save whatever it is that other, uh, uh, comes to mind, but, um, I guess what's, what's been the biggest surprise this season. And I mean, there have been things both on and off the pitch that have, that have been there. Um, but I, I guess for you, just what, what is the, what, what's the biggest surprise that if, if you say the nine, no, that's fine. Um, but, but you, you pick what, what it is. I want to say the biggest surprise is for a personal level here is that I'm I'm really confident anytime we line up with our starting 11 now over the last three four years or even at the start of the season I never had that confidence right I was always like ah we can either lose 4-0 we can win 4-0 we never quite knew exactly what sort of team was going to show up we weren't sure of what energy what sort of home form or away form we were going to get and I think that's been the biggest surprise is that when I wake up check the starting 11 turn the tv on at 7 a.m. I'm overly confident that our team can show up, we can play with some of the top six clubs, we can defend really well, and we can capitalize and, and take points from the bottom half of the table that I think we have the quality to do so. So that's what I can say as far as the, the biggest surprise all year is I finally have grown in some confidence to say that, yeah, come kickoff, we can do this. Yeah. Is it going to be tense? Yes, of course. It's going to be stressful. Absolutely. We're going to have a lot of anxious moments throughout the year, whether a poor defensive clearance some missed opportunities up top. That's, that's the nature of football. But finally, I think I can say, you know, I'm, I'm fairly confident when we line up that our team can take on any team within that, uh, within the league. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That is a nice, a nice change, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's very nice. Yeah. Um, all right, Dave. Well, I just want to say thank you, um, for, for doing this. Congratulations on your 500th episode. I'll correct myself from earlier. Um, appreciate it. And, uh, it's, it's, just, it's once again, it's a pleasure to to talk to you. I, I, I think you're the last Saints supporter that I've seen in person. Um, so it's it's a pleasure to talk to you here again. And uh, we'll have to make sure we, we, we do it again at some point soon. Yeah, always available. So it's my pleasure to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Will Daw. Will is the founder of the Saints Archive. And uh, Will, we have a little bit of, of an announcement. I'm very excited uh, to talk to you. It's been a pleasure to chat with you over the past couple of hours just about about football and life and everything else. And uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on board. Um, I really enjoyed our chat uh, before we went live. Um, I, I think uh, I haven't spoken for over two hours solid about Saints football in quite a few months. Uh, I think, um, obviously, since lockdown and, and the season and not being able to meet many people um it was, uh, it was good to catch up with you and uh, talk football essentially yeah i'm just sorry we couldn't share a beer because it was too too early for me to be uh i, I guess uh doing that with any, any with any sort of respectability over here so uh i've had coffee and uh, i don't know i don't know i didn't ask what you were drinking maybe i should have but 
Um, well, I'm just on water, but I, I figured for yourself, drinking alcohol, say, uh, uh, with your breakfast is a slippery slope there. <laughs> it is. I think the last time, I want to say we were down 3-0 to Chelsea inside, I want to say the first half, and I just said, screw it, and uh, went and got one. But it, I think that was an <laughs> FA Cup, uh, maybe the FA Cup semifinal. Is that, is that where we got last couple of years ago? I don't know. Uh, it's been a while. I try not to do it very often. Um, but anyway, um, I, I'm really excited because uh, we we've been talking in... Um, you know, Total Saints podcast, who you've been a, a partner with for a long time and doing the, the total recalls, announced that they were going to be kind of ceasing to, to produce um, episodes. And we both kind of spoke with Ben and each other. It's really my pleasure and an honor to be able to uh, help the Total Recall segment um, kind of continue and help support the, the Saints archive by having you kind of uh, on the show and, and also that, that we're going to officially partner this together and, and continue the, the Total Recall episodes um on on this show so so thank you for being willing to do that and thank you for your hard work with ben uh before that and special thanks to ben for being totally okay with us doing this yeah i mean uh, you know i, I salute ben for particularly um all the uh shall i say experiences that me and him shared together um i mean we've done some great interviews with some legendary ex-saints players ex saints managers like dave merrington we've had the opportunity to uh do our own sort of thing where we talk about a game from the past. Um, I've also like to say as well, the, the best thing about this is I've developed a really good friendship with Ben and, you know, I do wish him all the best and what he, he tries to do in the future, maybe with TSP, but, you know, Total Recall will always be his baby. He started it. So we're just continuing on the dream, shall I say? Yeah. Yeah. And the name of the segment will stay the same and all that stuff. And we'll just try to continue and, and, and do it justice. And um, if people don't, I, I imagine most people will know what the Saints Archive is, but if people don't, uh, there are links in the show notes to get to to you on Twitter and Instagram and, and the Facebook group, and also uh, the Saints Archive website, so uh, people can visit Saints Archive. And, and why don't you just kind of fill people in on on what exactly the Saints Archive is and what people can expect when they when they show up in in the group or are on the website? Yeah, well, um, I'll give you a bit of a backstory on it. But it started off um, under the Pellegrino of uh, abysmal management era at Saints, and um, I think it would come out of an FA Cup game where we lost to Wolves uh, sort of 2-0, I think I remember. It was a terrible game of football, absolutely. It just looked amateur. And I was so frustrated with the manager, I thought, what do I do? And it was meant for myself, originally. What do I do to kind of keep my interest in football, keep the spirits up? You know, while well, we go through these dark times. So I created a simple Facebook page and I thought, stick to a few rules on it. I don't want it turning into negative free-for-all, where we all moaned and complained about the current season. So I thought, what, nothing better than having nostalgia to look back on. So we looked back on some of the bad times, the good times, post videos, memorabilia people have up and, you know, that collected over the years, uh, personal memories and experiences of going to games home and away over the years. Um, we got now, I think, in a region of 40 former ex-Saints players actually actively in the group, uh, people like Glenn Cockrell, He's one of our most active users. He will talk to supporters all day long in there. Um, and he's, he's a really, really nice guy. He runs uh, charity football matches uh, once a year, uh, raise money for local sort of um, community-based projects and that. We've got Terry Payne, club president, who's also a member of the group. Uh, Jim McCalliog, ex-Saints um, player from the 1976 FA Cup winning squad. And he's developed into a, a bigger beast than I ever imagined there. I mean, I started off thinking about I'll get three or four hundred people in there all talking Saints history. Then that'd be a success. It'd be a nice little community thing. 
now we've got over 6,000 uh, quite active members. And it's expanded on that, really. Um, I think in some places it's got conversation at Southampton Football Club starting about celebrating their history a bit better. Um, I do know that they're always keen to, to, to come up with new ideas and stuff, but I think the development of the archive and proof that there is a thirst for nostalgia and celebrating history has certainly been demonstrated by supporters and been going through the Saints archive. So, you know, feeding on to that, I've had the opportunity to work with Freddie from Ugly Inside, top bloke, really nice guy, um, really passionate about the club. Uh, worked with Ben, obviously, on our uh, partnership there with Total Saints Podcast. Brilliant times there. And, you know, I'm riding the crest of the wave. I, I thoroughly enjoy what I'm doing at the moment with it. It's become a massive, massive hobby. Um, Probably a bigger hobby than I give it appreciation at the start, but um, no, a long way to continue. I just love talking about the Saints and its glorious past, and not so glorious past in some places. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to being a, a small part of it and learning more about the team. And it's just it's nice to to find somebody that has such enthusiasm for not just always the good times, but also some of the some of the not so good times. But also just looking back and 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 being able to kind of dive into some of these things that fans like myself that have come to the game relatively recently, you know, since, you know, the, since Saints have returned to the Premier League, that there's a lot behind the team that we don't kind of, kind of understand. And you see, I mean, you can even see the, the, the movement in the last couple of, of seasons with the, just the social media stuff that Saints have done, where they've started to now look back a little bit at, at their history and, and, and give a nod to the history. And, and like you said, like sometimes the, the archive pushes that along a little bit. Uh, which is which I think is is good. So I'm really excited to to be a part of it, and I'm looking forward to some of the uh, the episodes that we'll hopefully be able to bring listeners and and hopefully the people at the archive uh, will enjoy it as well. Yeah, I mean, and I hope I mean some of your listeners as well. I mean, obviously may or may not know about us, but for the ones that don't, um, you know, it's not like the average sort of social media group or organization. We pride ourselves in sort of um, very friendly culture as much as possible you've got to cut the ground rules they're just it's almost like a typical club rules it's like be polite and courteous to each other talk about everything that's history so we don't do current season chat that usually keeps things nice and sweet there um, um also if you're going to come on in and insult people particularly former saints don't appreciate that right at the end of the day they played for the club uh, and they wore the red and white, and they represented, and they did something a lot of us could only dream of ever doing. Absolutely. I mean, I've got two left feet, so football is never going to be a professional job for me. I mean, I'm terrible. I mean, terrible head in the ball and terrible kicking it, and they just just keep me keep me in the supporters section, not in the actual player section. And you know, <laughs> and it's so. I mean, if you turn around and they come on in and sort of respect the guy or even the girl from the ladies' team that played for the club that wore the red and white and tried their best week in, week out, and may have not been the most technically gifted, still treat them with the respect that they do because ultimately they, they played the dream and we can only dream it. And um, I think you'll find as well, I reiterate with Glenn Cockerell again, you'll meet characters like Glenn who played the game, widely respected, but he widely respects the fans as well. So it's quite a mutual uh, bond there. And he's he like a lot of the ex-Saints were involved in there. I mean, we got Nicky Banger as well as a local lad, played for the Saints as well. May have not played as many games as Glenn, um, but he played for the club and he, he was a local boy playing in his local team. I mean, that's like a dream come true sort of thing. We got Dave Puckett, who played for Saints in the 80s, local boy. Still, he lives about five minutes down the road from me. Um, I often see him 
you know, outside either washing his car or out and about. He still has, has a kickabout now playing football. He's still, he'll talk to you for hours on end about football. I mean, and that's ideally what the archive uh, has thrived on. It's these ex-saints meeting up. Or a, and sometimes it's on a Friday night or a Saturday night when they've had maybe a beer and they want to reminisce themselves. <laughs> and, and, they, and they just go in there. They're just chatting away to everybody. And um, I think Glenn particularly had a, a Q and, an, an impromptu Q&A the other week where the comment section on one post just went absolutely wild with people going, oh, Glenn Cockrell's in it. Oh, wow, he responds. And yeah. So they're all banging away questions. And then they, he's replying back as quick as he can. And you can always tell Glenn's posts, not just by the fact his name's on the post, but he types in captions and uses a lot of emojis. And he'll always be a legend of the emoji um, use in all of his text messages. And particularly in the archive, he's very famous. Um, in particular, his drinks emojis. It'd be like a, a beer pint glass emoji, uh, cocktail emoji, champagne bottle emoji. He uses them all. And um, it's, it becomes, it's a source of good amusement for us. It's, it, it, he's certainly um, got a passion for football. Uh, and like all of them, they've all got a big passion for football. They talk to sports for hours. And I think, ideally, what happens is, is it recreates that connection between player and club like they used to have. So... At the Dell, they'd finish a game of football, they'd walk off the pitch, they'd shower, get changed, and then they'd go to the pub with the supporters after the game. Yeah. You wouldn't get that nowadays. You I mean, not disrespecting Danny Yates, I mean, he's probably following club policy and rules, but you wouldn't get him nipping down to Brown's pub just down the road from St. Mary's, walking in and going, hi guys, the first round's on me. Yeah. Because the club probably discouraged him from doing that. Whereas we've got ex players that are in a group that treat the group kind of like a virtual pub on a Friday and Saturday night where they just go in and go, hi gang, how's everyone doing? And it's brilliant, utterly brilliant. And it's, it's been really good fun running it. Yeah, yeah. And it's, for me, like, like I said, it's, it's just, you go in there and it's such a different world than just getting on Twitter and, and looking at the Saints FC hashtag. It's, it's night and day different. And um, it's something that even people, I think, who maybe are tired of Twitter or, or all that stuff or Instagram, they can go into the archive and they can go into the Facebook group and they can you know, you can just be reminded about what, what it is that, that maybe some people made them fall in love with, with the game in the first place. It's just the, you know, the support and the love for, for this club and, and the, the kind of mutual respect between fan and player that, that, that is there. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, maybe you'll run into it to a former player in there and you'll get a chance to, to ask a question and get it answered. And that, I mean, that feels good. Like that, getting that interaction and, and getting to, to just, you know, get a glimpse uh, of, of something like that, it can can be really really special. Yeah, I mean, I think that I'm not someone. As I said, I've never wanted to take anything from the way the current team operate and how they use PR and stuff like that. But they they got to protect their players because sure. I suppose in the way they, this day and age, they're now sort of worldwide international superstars. In some respects, TV is bigger. They're shown across all over the world. I think in a way, you got to protect them somehow. Um, the players of uh, a certain generation that we have in the art. Uh, sort of, in a way, the last time we could engage with players as they were back, say, 20, 30 years ago. And, you know, it's, it's just been an incredible experience. I mean, the fact that you'll get a couple of their former Saints that played in the same team together and they're both in the archive. And sometimes uh, some of the, the feedback, they, they have a conversation between themselves. And it's like, you think you're in the changing room with them. Because they're heckling each other. They're having a bit of a banter, playing with each other. One will remind the other one of something that happened 20, 30 years ago. So they're reminiscing about their own careers amongst themselves inside the archive. And it's like, 
it's one of those sit back with a popcorn moments. It's, I'm going to sit back, watch this, go see where this is going. And a couple of times, and it feels odd, a couple of times I've had to go, boys, like, calm it down a second. There's kids in this chat, <laughs> in, this, in this group, that uh, a lot of us finding your conversation really insightful and amusing. But um, just kind of, you're not back in the, at the Dell changing room, you know, <laughs> leave it out. But um, no, it's, it's, all, it's all good. It's a bit of a shocker how, and I still get shocked by it. Um, the sort of response supports I've got to it. Um, I've got quite a few, I will admit, quite a few moderators and admins who help me do it. But they're all passionate people. They're all big, big supporters of the club, like Leon. I mean, he's been my right-hand man pretty much through, throughout the running of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the wise head um, that <laughs> I think sometimes keeps keeps me well-advised. I think um, Sometimes when I've had an idea or run wild or something, he's, he's reined me back in and got me to think rationally about things but he's also been brilliant with some of the players uh, that were outside my era so when he's done sort of the total recalls with like Eric Martin for example no disrespect Eric I think he's a club legend like anyone that plays at the club's club legend um, even Ali Dyer <laughs> but for completely different <laughs> reasons for him you know he, he gets on it and he, he remembers Eric playing so ideally he'll go off and do that interview uh, he knows what sort of questions to ask because he saw him play and he knew of him and got his autograph when he was a young, um, younger person. So, yeah, it's it's opened up my group of friends dramatically, um, and I do get the odd occasion, which still gets weird. And I had this conversation with Freddie a couple of times over a beer. And I said I still get, I still find it odd when I'm stopped by Saints supporters on own match days, and they come up to me and go, "Oh, you're Will, you run the Saints archive," and I'm thinking, I, I don't have a clue who they are because there's so many people <laughs> in the group now, and I don't mean it to be disrespectful. So I just yeah, hi, yeah, yeah, how's things, yeah, bloody blah sort of thing. And um, but no, it's it's opened myself up to a wider, wider community of people uh, running the group, and it certainly makes uh, it a good hobby. And you know, obviously, it gives me an opportunity to to talk to you in lovely California. Yeah, yeah, I, it's this is this is my pleasure, and I'm I'm very excited to to do this and it's an exciting adventure and it's uh i think the only negative is the fact that you know we we potentially are losing total saints podcast which um you know uh, that sucks but i'm glad that this can can continue because i think it's uh it's important it's something that um every time it's a total recall episode it's something that uh i just get ready for for a barrage of kind of history and new thoughts and and it gives me an excuse to go back and read up on on players and times and, and transactions and matches and things like that, that maybe I wouldn't have, maybe you just miss if you just go back and look at, at general saints history, because uh, you know, sometimes not everything is, is, is easily uh, findable or, or publicized. So it's been really good, but um, I know you don't normally talk about current season stuff, but the, the, I guess the re- most recent season is over with. So maybe I can ask you a couple of questions about that before we, before we uh, actually do a, an official uh, total recall uh, down the line a little bit. Yeah, if you, well, as I said uh, to somebody who posted what looked like I was at a, in the archive, he said, um, oh, yeah, let's get a vote for Danny Ings, player of the season. And then he put, I know it's not archive, but we should support Danny. And I've gone, well, if I look up my own rules, um, it's current season, season's over, so we can talk about it. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm more than happy to talk about it. It's yeah. dusted now, it's fine. All right, all right. Well, uh, you mentioned Danny Ings. Um, yeah. If you were... Uh, I guess if you were going to t- pick out a standout player of the season, um, he obviously gets a mention. Is, is it just Danny Ings, or is there anybody else that really, really impressed you this year? Um, the standout obvious one will always be 
Danny Ings. And uh, full credit to an absolutely incredible season he's had, particularly, obviously, having an injury, yeah, injury problems at Liverpool. Uh, and then his first season with us, whilst he was still a lone player, he was still not quite the Danny Ings we everyone recognised. But this season, what a comeback year for him. And, and rightly so, he thoroughly deserves any award that the club or the Premier League can give him for that. Um, but I figured that would be the two obvious ones. So, Danny, yeah, standout. But I, I, I'm, you know, I've had a personal nod, I think, with uh, TSB's last episode, where I mentioned Stuart Armstrong uh, as a notable standout player. Um, slow first season for us. Uh, but second season, I mean, I think he's been quite influential. He certainly, when he's been on the pitch, can turn the game around. I was at the game against um, Aston Villa. The atmosphere, that was absolutely incredible. And then particularly when Albert Famey just launched the ball up to him for him to whack the ball into an empty net because the keeper had come well off the, got run up the pitch, I think. And um, he celebrated with the supporters. And I think he knows he's had a good season. And he knows he's got a better support from the supporters because of that. So I'd nod uh, stand-up performance, um, an alternative stand-up performance, shall I say, this season to Stuart Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What about what about just moments of the season? What I mean, I, I guess a good way to how I've asked it previously is if if you're going to tell somebody about this season, what's the first thing you mention as as maybe the turning point or or the the moment that that we have to acknowledge happened? Um, you know, obviously, other than that Friday night in October, that was in the middle actually. That particular October horrible night um, in the middle of a run of bad results, which kept going on till the Everton game. Uh, where we lost 2-1. And in fact, I think we that was the worst we've performed all season. Yes. Um, and we needed to... I mean, going to that game in October, um, you'd say that was our worst. But we actually looked terrible against Everton. And we were lucky that Everton weren't really up for it because we would have been spanked again. Um, and we went into an Arsenal game on the 23rd of November, I believe. Um, not really, really expecting much. But we got a result out. It was 2-2. Yeah, it was a draw. But we played a lot better. We played like we'd been given a kick up the backside. Uh, and then there seemed to be a stem of good results. Um, the likes of the win against uh, both Watford and Norwich. We had a couple of hiccups with West Ham and Newcastle. And then we bounced back again with a winning um, at away to Villa. Mm-hmm. Beating Chelsea 2-0 uh, on the um, Boxing Day, 26th of December, was absolutely incredible. Um, I think that was when Alba Famous scored that great goal of his. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we, we just carried on this roll. So... I think it was that Arsenal 2-2 stroke Watford 2-1 win back-to-back sort of straight after a long run of absolutely horrendous results. We went into Christmas rocking and rolling and seemed to have, if anything, got better after lockdown as well. Um, We we certainly are the fitter team out of anyone in the Premier League. Um, Fitness levels were incredible for a team that was essentially locked indoors for two or three months. Um, You know, we'd see a lot of... um, and I know it's done for social media aspect because they had to keep up the content. But the club showed that um, our players training from home and doing Zoom calls where the trainers were in their own home and they were making sure the guys were putting in the effort. But something's clicking. Ralph, at that Arsenal game, something clicked in his head. Don't know what he did. Um, I heard rumour that he'd gone home, uh, gone back to Germany to you know, spend time with a few friends who still manage in the Bundesliga. And I think a few of them sort of said, You've lost the identity of what Southampton Football Club are about, and that's keeping playing to what they're good at, so attacking free-flowing football. Um, and do that. And Yeah, you might concede a few, but as long as you score more than <laughs> you concede, then yeah. you'll get a result. And it's been so much more entertaining. 
you can see in Ralph as well, his, his mood's got a lot better. You can see he's now found the winning formula for what works with him and the current team. And yeah, answer the questions. Definitely that Arsenal game 2 2 is a turning point for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's very clear now, especially since lockdown, Ralph is enjoying the games. He's enjoying the football. And, and that translates. When you see everybody down there, it's hard to to really get behind the team when nobody looks like they're having a good time. You think back to the Claude Puel and Pellegrino seasons that we were just trying to get through matches. Even if we won, it was still this kind of almost head in our hands. Like I'm I'm glad they blew the final whistle because I don't want to watch sideways passing anymore. And now, you know, it, it, it doesn't feel that way. There is excitement and tension throughout the whole match. And sometimes, you know, we concede that goal and it's like, how do we do that? Um, you know, we're so open, but then again, who cares? Because we're just going to go down and make life miserable for everybody. And that's, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. So it's been really, really good to see. Um, moving forward, obviously the transfer window is open. It's, it's a ridiculous time to, to look at anything on, on Instagram or Twitter or anything, but, um, you know, but Salisu is, is supposed to be coming in at some point, supposed to be announced. Kyle Walker Peters is probably there. Um, that's two defensive, uh, kind of reinforcements or replacements, if you want to say, um, but what else do you think the team needs to do in terms of, of being able to continue this momentum and, and, and going forward? Cut, get rid of some of the dead wood would be nice. Because, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the negativity of those players can't be... Hopefully the club and Ralph separate those players on loans because the negativity they were bringing was bringing the rest of the squad down. Um, you know, deal with transfers a little bit quicker. So say, for instance, your Wesley Hoots or your Hoybergs, you don't want to play for us, Go. We'll take the money, you can go. Um, the ones that want to play for us, obviously, we'll put the effort in. So I think having such a, a large amount of our players uh, or our books out on loan is, is not good. You know, for whatever reason, they, they just haven't been able to click. But even if you have to make a bit of a loss on them, then the negativity I think they bring to the team being there, just even being remotely connected to the club, can't help. So get them off the books, get gone. Um, there's a couple of sort of first-teamers that I still don't think are going to change or get better. Um, uh, I wanted to like Booth out. He showed glimpses of talent, but attitude, is it there? I mean, I just think he blows hot and cold a yeah. bit too much and he, he doesn't, he's not, he's not fitting in. He's, he's not working. So maybe consider moving on for him. I mean, some probably argue with me and say, no, you will turn good, but how long do we want to wait? It's, you know, for him to do that. One great goal against West Brom under Pellegrino's era is not something that people are going to remember about him too much. Um, he's got to get a bit, give a bit more, I'm afraid. Um, he does seem to be made of glass. He always seems to get injured really easily. Um, but I don't know. It's... I'm glad I'm just not a football coach because these are tough decisions that management will have to make. I'm sure they do all the time. Uh, Transfer-wise, I never like to speculate. I do think if they are moving towards concentrating on defenders, on strengthening it up, and going by the performance of Walker Peters, if they have got meniscites, and I'm confident they probably do, but if they have got meniscites, I hope they move heaven and earth to, to finalise that deal. Even if Hoiberg doesn't go and then changes his mind, I still want Walker Peters um, off to Spurs books. Um, he seems quite an approachable chap as well. He seems quite interactive with the fans, he, you know, and we like him too. And he's, he just seems a natural fit. He gets he gets on board with the Saints, you know, the, the Saints idea and how we love to do things. Um, 
yeah, I mean, wait and see. I don't want to really want to speculate too much. I know other centre-backs, central defenders and other defenders we've mentioned, but until the club announce it, it's kind of like, let's just be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, let's just... Let's enjoy what we have for as long as we have it, and uh, you know we'll 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 welcome the new guys in, as long as uh, you know they don't go off on on social media tirades against against us, and then I think we'll be okay. Um, what you mean like Charlie Austin? Yeah, sort of thing where he just <laughs> yeah just insulted everybody. Yeah, fine, mate. We were just paying your wages. That was all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, oh, it'll be interesting to see because West Brom are coming back up. It'll be interesting to see if he's coming with them or not, and what kind of reception he'll get when he comes back. So we'll we'll have to. Have to wait and see. Also, it might he might benefit from us not being in the stadium if, uh, when he comes back if that happens. So uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to wait and see there. Um, yeah. But Will, this is this has been great, and it's been uh, a pleasure to talk to you. I think uh, I'm almost ashamed to say we've been on the phone for about three hours at this point. Um, but it's it's been a pleasure, and um, I just want to say thanks again, and and thank you for being willing to uh, to to work with 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 this show and and being willing to to try to keep uh, the total recalls segment uh, moving forward. And, and thanks for all the time you put into the Saints archive. I know you said you had some help, but that, that's definitely, um, you know, when you set it up to be one thing and it, it kind of takes, it takes over, take, it takes on a life of its own. Um, thanks for sticking with it and continuing with that. And um, I, I, I look forward to this and I look forward to keeping up with the archive uh, even more so than I have in the past. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate um, you wanting to, you know, do, do your thing and keep the total recalls going. I mean, uh, just something when me and Ben obviously discussed uh, the direction of TSP. I mean, Ben, out, without doubt, brilliant for what he's done with TSP. And for allowing us to carry on with the total recalls is, is certainly a testament to the gentlemanly character he is. And, and not just that, it's a true saint as well as he knows he's created total, uh, total recall. He knows uh, he put a lot of work in the Total Saints podcast. And but and to still but to say, look, you take the mantle now and run with it, is is not only generous, but it's, it's it's proper saintly spirit, I think. Yeah, and if we can convince him to come back on and guest host one or two, uh, that would be. Uh, it's probably the first he's heard of that initially, but um, that that's going to him. So um, hopefully we can we'll we'll hear from him in some way or another, whether TSP continues or uh, or or we just get him on here every once in a while. But uh, I look forward to it and. Um, yeah, so so people can expect to hear more from us over the next couple of, of, of weeks and um, links to the Saints Archive on all the different social media accounts and also the website are in the show notes and it'll be on the website uh, from here going forward. And uh, I'm just really excited about the whole thing. So thank you very much, Will. No worries. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Uh, so uh, I will talk to you soon and people will hear from you soon. And if they don't want to wait, they, they can head over to the Saints Archive and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. But um, thanks for your time now and, and we'll talk to you later. does it for this week's episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to all of the guests of the show. So Kevin McGee, Dave Champ, Dave Lee, and Will Doth, thank you all for sharing your time with me. Thank you for sharing your opinions with me. And I hope to talk to you all again very soon. And as I mentioned before, it is truly an honor and a pleasure to be able to help continue the Total Recall segment what Ben and Will built with that segment, uh, the interviews, the games, everything. Uh, it was just such a pleasure to be able to listen to. I'm just glad that I can give uh, the Saints Archive and the Total Recall segment a place to live going forward. So 
uh, Will and I are already working on episodes for future uh, future shows. So uh, if you have ideas about who you'd like to hear from or something like that, uh, let us know. And if you haven't checked out the Saints Archive yet, make sure you do that. All of the links are in the show notes. It's just a real pleasure to be able to be a part of a community like that. So uh, I am very, very excited about it. And uh, yeah, that's all. So the show has partners, including the Southampton page. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at Southampton page and on Instagram at Southampton page one. The logo was done by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. And uh, of course, the Saints Archive, you can now get links to their stuff also just on the show website uh, under the partners and patrons section. So you can follow along there as well. Speaking of which, if you are enjoying the show and you'd like to help it continue, you can support it on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash SFC delivery. Patrons of the show get priority for having their questions answered each and every week. They also get access to a private chat and $5 a month patrons get an extra podcast episode per month. So if you're interested, head on over there uh, to patreon.com forward slash SFC delivery. If you don't want to do that, you can leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. It all helps out very much. All music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games and the end of show credits that you're listening to right now. The same is true about it there. That does it for this week. We'll be back next week. We look forward to talking to you in the future. And until then, we're together. March on. Was something you're not going to be able to really uh, get out of your head. <laughs> is that a file in your house? Um, no, you know what it is? Is the kids dyed their hair and now it's time to take it out. So give me a second. I'm leaving this in. No rush. Absolute nightmare. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, look what happened to your hair when you didn't take Dude, it yeah, out. You got to take it out. I, yeah. I try to tell my wife that it was, I bleached my hair once and then it never grew back. She's like, that's not what happened. <laughs>